Yes Have Some Podcast is brought to you by Carnivorous Creations, your one-stop shop for all of your proton pack building needs. If you're in the market for a proton pack, head to CarnivorousCreations.com. That's Carnivorous with a K. You're going to find aluminum motherboards, resin parts, fiberglass shells, and a whole lot more. Find them on Facebook at Carnivorous Creations or head straight to CarnivorousCreations.com. Remember Carnivorous with a K and get started on an authentic, screen-accurate proton pack. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. From the corner penthouse of Spook Central, all the way to Star Killer Base, this is Yes Have Some Podcast. Do I? Yes, have some. Yes, have some. You know, they told me you people were conceited douchebags. The only place in the multiverse where you can love the book, hate the movie, but still buy all the toys. I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. I'm not looking for a friend. I'm looking for a Jedi master. A what? Please remember to hold on to your butts and get ready to get stressed. With your hosts, Craig Goldberg, Abigail Gardner, and Jacob Walsh. Did you really think I was mad at you? Yeah, I was like, why? I was like, he hated it. He probably hated it. He probably hates me now. (laughs) (laughs) God, I wish I wish that was recorded. Oh, it's recorded. recorded. We all Um, know about my uh, internal anxiety. Anxiety does a lot. Anxiety does weird stuff. So Mm -hmm. uh, the thing it does to to me is that I always assume whoever I haven't talked to in the last ten to fifteen minutes has died. Right. At any given time. Yes. Um, Except for I haven't talked to my mom in two or three weeks. I'm pretty sure she's alive. You're cool. Because she posts a lot on Facebook. Right. More than she should. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 92 of Yes Have Some Podcast. My name is Craig Goldberg, and I'm here with my two best friends in the whole wide world. Hey. Not you guys. There's cats here. There's a couple cats. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, But also, y'all are here. We're here. No, you're my best. You're my besties. Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> cool. Cool, right? Thanks, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, Abigail Gardner. Hey. Hi. Bestie. Thanks. Love you like a sister. Jacob Walsh. Mahalo. Hey. Hey. I actually don't know what that means, but I'm staring at like a candy bar. I called a mahalo. It's and then I also remembered that that's what they say in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall all the time. Oh, yeah. So, I'm assuming that means hello. No, it actually translates to, oh, look, there's Jason Siegel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, hey, mahalo. 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 Uh, well, cool, guys. So episode 92, yes, have some podcasts. We thank everybody for joining. Mahalo means thank you. There it goes. Oh, well, I guess that kind of works. Hey, works. Jake, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wait, uh, it, wait, wait. It means thank you? I take yeah. it back. <laughs> oh, um, so Forgetting Sarah Marshall is a great movie, right? I love it. It's yeah. really good. Oh, it's yeah. Really but that's Touching. That's probably another conversation for another day because we have a lot to get to because tonight we're going to be talking about Ready Player One, the What's brand that? new film. Well, ba, 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 it's a book. We're, we're doing a book review tonight. Okay. Cool. Craig, Craig read the first 10 pages. Book yeah. Uh, Ernest Klein <laughs> is the author, um, and that's all I know about it. <clears throat> Ready fun. Player One is a brand new movie based on that book from Steven Spielberg, which was just released yesterday. We're going to talk all about it, give you our thoughts, feelings, our reactions, our stress, what we loved, what we hated, all of that. But first, 
We're going to get right into it this week. We have no time to fuck around unless you guys have anything else to say. But we kind of are about to fuck around. I'm ready for my fucks. Right? Yeah. We're going to fuck. I'm it's ready time to fuck. Do it. Yes, have some. Abby just left. Abby, so I said it's time to do the fuck budget, and she just left town. She just left. She's getting her fuck bank. It's time for the fuck budget, the time of the week where the Yes Have Some podcast crew yes. talks about five topics. Do you need a water? Yeah. Go you get, get no one. Beverages. All right. Go get a water. Jesus. Fuck. Speaking of Jesus, he's coming back this week, so congratulations to everybody who that. We're not out of water. This is turning into a domestic episode of Yes Have Some. <laughs> All right, it's time for the fuck budget. I don't give a fuck. We'll do it live. We got five topics that we go over, and I send them to Jake and Abigail. They each budget how many fucks they give for each. What do we got? Ten. We got ten total. All right, just making sure. Making making sure because remember this one time when I only did five. Yeah, that was weird. Well, eventually, Jake I'll get didn't it. do all his chores, so we only got half uh, his fucks. Well, you know, sometimes, like, whenever you get your fuck budget, like, ten minutes before we record, like, sometimes it's, like, a little, uh... Oh, really? It's like, you gotta do it quick. Hey! Hey! Greg! I wish I drew pictures for a living. No, it's all good. It's time for the... This is a good episode. This is a good episode. I like it. It's a little salty. Let <laughs> me just roll her eyes. I think everyone hates me. All right. <laughs> so we wanted to have a little bit of fun this week with Ready Player One hitting theaters. It is, I think, our first ever completely themed fuck budget. That's right. This week, we're giving a fuck. Oh, shit. It is. About the I'm, king. I'm literally just realizing that. All right. I like that. It's a Steven Spielberg fuck budget. Yes. Let's the do other, it. The other Steven. The legend. The other Steven in our life. Okay. Who's the yeah. first Steven? The first Steven. Yeah. Steven Kubrick. I know his name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Abby, Jake, you each have your topics. You each have your fucks ready to allocate. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Sure. The first topic for the fuck budget this week. Steven Spielberg has begun officially casting one of his next films that he will be making in the next year and a half. He is remaking West Side Story. When it comes to the West Side Story remake, Abigail Gardner. Yeah. How many fucks do you give? I give three fucks to this Ooh, particular okay. uh, subject. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, I was a huge West Side Story fan hey, uh, in good. high school. Yeah, it's really fucking good. The soundtrack is uh, very good. I got it for Christmas. Like, okay, first of all, I went to like a private Christian school and we put on a production of it. We had to like take out like seven out of the like 17 kisses and like had to remove yeah. like some of the other stuff about Maria. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I think that was like a scene. Well, what kind of stuff? Yeah, she got, she went through some uh, like a, there was a scene with like a, I don't, I've never she seen... She gets, like, uh, I taken know. advantage of, like, oh. sexually. Some accusations going on. Yeah, okay, going I on. see what's going on, okay. Mm-hmm. So, cool. And why um, couldn't you have that in the Christian play? Yeah, a lot of But we did have a really cute guy that played Tony, and I had a huge crush on him, and he was in my brother's band. So yeah, you didn't. Dude, I know. Everyone loved my brother's band. Uh, but yeah, so... <laughs> I I was really into West Side Story, and I still to this day think it's fantastic. And like, whatever like the old like the the film version of it, I've seen that. I like it. I like the soundtrack. I like Steven Spielberg, and I'm excited about this. So I give it three fucks. Jacob, 
Yo, first of all, Abby, I agree with everything you said. Okay. West you had a crush on, on uh, Luke from my I brother's did. band? What, he, I still do. Dude, he doesn't he know. He had these like, Facebook. silver hoop earrings. They were great. I, li- I, I like West Side Story, but um, I, I gave this only one fuck, but not because I don't care about it. But um, there are just too many other things in this fuck budget for me to give a fuck about. But the only thing that worries me, I wouldn't say worry. I like. Sounds like you would. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I would. Maybe I would. Uh, I like West Side Story. I like the idea of Steven Spielberg, you know, making a West Side Story. But also, I I really like original Steven Spielberg movies, and and I feel like we've been getting a lot of you know Ready Player One aside, which isn't original Steven Spielberg. We've been getting a lot of like drama and mm. kind of boring original Steven Spielberg. Yeah, like the post. I would exactly, oh, exactly. Dear. You know, like we, you know, Lincoln. Like I, I mean, we're not we're not getting a lot of. Uh, um, and 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 I and I know like we'll never get a Steven Spielberg that feels the same way like as ET did or Jaws did, just because like that was thirty years ago or mm-hmm. whatever. And Steven Spielberg is not the same person, whatever. But I want more like original material from him. Not as and many like adaptations. Yeah, and he's getting up there. You know what I mean? Like he he's 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 an older dude. I don't I think I'm I'm pretty sure he's in pretty good health, but still it takes a long time to make a movie. And even though I love West Side Story, I would rather see something original from him. Cool. Fair enough. Um as a tag along to this with his style of filmmaking and just all being Spielberg fans, do you think he'll do a great job? Yeah, I do for sure. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I, I I feel like something like West Side Story is hard to 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 mess up. And I think I, has Steven Spielberg ever done like a musical before? That's what I was just about to ask. I don't think he's done a musical, and I think it will be. Not I, I mean, it's going to be of the worlds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there is a War of the Worlds the musical, and I love it. All right. Uh, cool. Well, thank you guys for that. You guys ready to move on to number two? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. On the Steven Spielberg fuck budget. Um, I found a list of all of Steven Spielberg's this, – this is kind of a personalized Craig. For, this isn't a breaking news story. This is a Craig one, yeah. Um, <laughs> all of Steven Spielberg's movies are obviously on Rotten Tomatoes with rankings. Mm-hmm. And I was interested. I was like, I wonder what the lowest rated one is. I was surprised. The lowest, <laughs> the lowest yeah. rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes directed by Steven Spielberg at 29% is the movie Hook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jacob Walsh, when it comes to Hook <clears throat> having a 29% Rotten Tomatoes rating, how many fucks do you give? I'm going to have to tell you. Yeah. I love, I love Hook. Yeah, but this but this got zero fucks from zero fucks. I like I like Hook, and I don't think it should be the bottom. I think it's a very fun movie, and I want to I kind of want to watch it right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, the fact that you know a movie that old is last on the list when we have some other things coming up on this list, mm-hmm. it just gets no fucks from me. Yeah, I wow. get no fucks. I don't. I I just couldn't fit it. I couldn't fit yeah. it in my budget. Like I would have given it a fuck. All right. Yeah, it I could, doesn't. I could not allow hey, for it. I, I haven't hey. prompted you yet. The banker hasn't asked. Sorry, Abigail Gardner. Back up. How many fucks do you give about hooks? Zero fucks. No deposits. Yeah. No withdrawals. I don't yeah. care. I like hook. Okay, like I have 
some fond memories of watching it. I was also terrified of, is it the Boo Box? Mm. That was very frightening to me as a child. Um, but going back and revisiting it, it's definitely not one of his strongest films. It has, you know, Steven Spielberg-isms, and it has, like, a general vibe, but it's not, like, a classic. And I'm not shocked that it's at 29%, and I give it zero fucks because I don't care. Yeah. You um, know, I remember, I remember when I was young watching that movie um, being very upset finding out that that wasn't Captain Hook's hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> even though stressful. it's like, even though it's like, obviously like a big old timey kind of wig. Yeah. Right. It's still like seeing him without it's it. Yeah. It made me upset. I was just like, no! <laughs> Fuck Dustin Hoffman. I hated it. I hated yeah. it. Yeah. Um, that's a good, I, that's a pretty good movie. I like it's it. a good movie. Uh, yeah. The third act's a little weird. I will say, uh, just as a side, because I'm going to have a little tagalongs here. Mm-hmm. I do like Hook a lot. That is an underrated score. John Williams' score for Hook. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah. Is great. I, I listen, like, when I go and listen to my scores, because I do that, uh, that's one, like, <laughs> underrated, like, you know, obviously Jaws, E.T., Jurassic Park, all the classics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I love the score to Hook, and it's not John Williams, but I also love the score to Roger Rabbit, which is Alan Silvestri, who that's also a great one, yeah. did the score Ready Player one. to Ready Player One. So, yeah. Um, which, which was which the score is pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the question: What is Steven Spielberg's worst movie? Oh boy, I would have to look through the list. Through I, the list. I would have. To, I need a list, and there, you know, I, I feel ashamed, but there, there's a few I haven't seen. Yeah, there's a, a skull. There's a there's several lists that I saw today <laughs> that have Jurassic Park: The Lost World as his worst movie. Not well, fun. those people are idiots. Yeah. <laughs> it was my list. No, it's not. It was on my list. Uh, cool. Well, Hook, you didn't have any love then, and you don't have any love now. It's fine. Uh, to the boo box. Uh, exactly. Bob Hoskins, also of Roger Rabbit, is so good in Hook. He, he is good He's in that. so there. good in Hook. What's he up See? to now? <laughs> he joined oh. his brother in, from Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Don't try and stop me, Smee. All right, <laughs> that's Peter Pan, all right. All right, I want to watch. Are we about to? All right. Well, the S have some Ready Player One. No review. We're gonna go watch Hook. Yeah. Try to get it up to thirty percent. Yeah. Let's. Let's. Yeah. Our goal should be to be certified as official reviewers that are in the aggregate for Rotten Tomatoes, so we can review Hook and get that boosted Agreed. up a little. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do that. Raise right. the rating. Yeah. Cool. Next on the fuck budget. The next film that Steven Spielberg is making, it is in pre-production, it will start shooting next summer, is Indiana Jones 5, which is yep. pretty exciting. Harrison Ford's coming back for one more round. Cracking the whip. <laughs> Thank you. Sound effects? Yeah. Jacob Walsh, when it comes to Indiana Jones 5, how yeah. many fucks do you give? Gave this one fuck. Um... I, I love Indiana Jones. I mean, obviously, I don't I don't I don't think there are many people on the planet who liked the last one. And I think Steven Spielberg is a very smart man and he knows when things don't work. And he's like publicly, you know, talked about the last movie and he's admitted to other things in the past that he's done that maybe didn't work out so well. He he we I read a, I read an article. This is not completely off topic, but I read an article like. A couple weeks ago where he was talking – he was asked again about Jaws, about like uh, 
like updating yeah. updating effects in Jaws. Yeah. And he was just like, okay, look, I updated effects in E.T. Yeah, I read this it, too. It was stupid. I took it out. I'm not George. Like he threw George Lucas on, like yeah. used his name mm-hmm. in the article and was yeah, like, George did. Lucas does that. I don't, I'm not doing that anymore. I feel right. bad I did it. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So yeah. I feel, I feel like people, I feel like this movie will be better. I feel like he knows, you know, he, he's able to kind of step back and be like, all right, we might, we maybe fucked up that one. Yeah. I'm excited. They're going to make a new one. I hope it's yeah. good. Uh, and I, and I give a fuck about it. Abigail Gardner, when it comes to Indiana Jones five, how many fucks do you give? Just like Jake, I give one fuck about this. I like Indiana Jones. I like those movies. I grew up on them and I'm excited to see Steven Spielberg take another shot because the last one was obviously kind of like garbage. We can all agree on that. Um, so I don't want to repeat stuff that Jake said, but yeah, I do care, and I'm I give it one fuck because you think Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford coming back? He's I, got one left in him. Yeah, definitely. What was your experience with Indiana Jones growing up? It's always interesting to me from the homeschool perspective. Um, they were Gardner family approved, especially which was the one with Sean Connery? Is that the third? Third one. Yeah, that one we watched like a lot, a lot. And, mm. Yeah, like, <laughs> just, just like everybody else. Yeah. The third, yeah. This is the third. Uh, yeah. Temple of Doom? Mm-hmm. Is that the Temple of Doom? Temple of a... Doom is... No, I think Temple of Doom is the second one. Last it's Crusade. It's the Ark of the Covenant, because that... Yeah, here's it's the Last thing. Crusade. Right in the Garden Family I'm, I'm not a big... Stuff. I've never been a big Indiana... It was just never my franchise. Like, I, I felt not very strong. I was more into the Indiana Jones stunt show from Disney World than I was the movies growing up. Right. Um, I think what we're going to see with Indi- the new Indiana Jones is that... It's going to be like The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like because George Lucas is not involved and that this is Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy coming up with a story with Steven Spielberg, it's going to be written by David Kep, who obviously uh-huh. has been a longtime collaborator of Spielberg. There's probably a passing of the torch going on. That's what I'm thinking. I'm putting money on there being a, a female like lead that's going to be taking over the position. Daisy like, Ridley. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Oh, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. The thing about Indiana Jones is like, I kind of feel the same way, Craig, about how it was never something where I was like, Indiana, you know, I was never just this giant Indiana Jones fan. But every time I watch it, I'm just like, oh, this is fucking this good. This is really good. I th- it's I th- like it's one of those things where it is very they are very good. But it's right. like they kind of flies under my radar a lot right. until I until it's on in front of me. And I'm like, oh, shit. Right. Like if I'm flipping through the TV and Raiders is on like. I will like open up my front door and like look for the first neighbor I can find and be like, guys, Raiders of the Lost Ark is good. Yeah, this all right, is good. I'm going back. Yeah. That's what I do. Uh, no, it is really good, and so it'll be cool to see Harrison Ford giving it one more, uh, one more. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming hey, one more. But they, what if what if, what, if uh, yeah. what if Short Round comes back? Uh huh. And like. Mm-mm. Kills him, uh, yeah. like he gets they. He, he's his son, and then he kills him, like stabs him right, like in his. It's just like exactly like Force Awakens. Yeah, he's That'd like, cool. he's like, uh, I was gonna do a Kylo Ren. It's not gonna happen. It's just gonna sound inappropriate okay, if I do yeah. it. So I'm just gonna move on. <laughs> I'm just gonna move on. I'm learning. All right. I am learning. All right, cool. Uh, well, that'll be fun. You guys ready for the next step of the budget? Yeah. All Let's right. Do it. The Atlanta Symphony. Or- this is very uh, yes, have some centric. The Atlanta Symphony Orchestra announced that they will be doing a live performance of the Jaws score that will accompany the film in May of 2019. Now, right. we went and saw Jurassic Park. We all had a great time. 
But Abigail Gardner, when it comes to seeing Jaws performed live with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra, how many fucks do you give? Dude, I give three fucks to this. Um, And those three fucks are because Jaws is like one of my top five favorite movies. It's one of the movies that brought the three of us together. We all care very much about it. And I feel like we spoke it into being because... On one of our episodes recently, when after we had gone to the Jurassic Park event, um, we were all like, oh, I wish they'd do Jaws, because that would be an awesome movie to see uh, in this style. So I think it's really cool that it's happening, and I, uh, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. And yeah, it's special. So three fucks. Three fucks. Jacob Walsh, <laughs> how many fucks? Um, zero. <laughs> uh, I think uh, you're lying. I, <laughs> I gave it five. Um, I had to give it like a full five, because... I mean, obviously, Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. And the Jurassic Park, like, doing that, that was – that I feel like that was something special. It was really nice. It was uh, kind of emotional. And I think Jaws would be yeah, – it would be even better. It's got it's got a great score. And it's it's my favorite movie of all time. So uh, I fucking five fucks, man. It's the best movie. It is the best movie ever made. All five. right. All right. Five Until you saw Ready Player One. Hey, also, uh, side note, they're also doing E.T. They're also doing E.T. Now, guys, Jacob Walsh, mm-hmm. are you dressing up as Quint to go to this? Hey, you know, I thought about it, but, I mean, it depends on, like, if I feel like shaving my beard at that point. Yeah. yeah. It's also, a year from – it's, like, over a year from now. You have to distract the audience, just like the guy that sat behind us at Jurassic Park who thought it would be really fun. When, yeah, to just talk the whole Dennis time. Dennis Nedry shows up and he's like, hello, Newman. And like, he's getting yeah. like, what the fuck was that and about? And did you do like yeah. the Timmy when It's going to be me, yeah. Oh, that, Tim was, that was really cool. Maybe he'll come back. South Park I hope so. I, I, I hope, and I hope again, they're sitting right behind us. Yeah. Yeah, I hope he's just like commenting along. I hope like, his girlfriend's really impressed <coughs> again. Mm. It's just going to be fun. Mm-hmm. What a fun time. Uh, cool. So, yeah, we're going to go see that. That'll be next year. What was funny is we saw the advertisement for it, and Jake called. He's like, Craig, we need to get tickets as soon as possible. <laughs> and then I looked. Not, I like, rea- not realizing it was 2019. <laughs> it's not until next yeah. year. I was like, this is in four months or something, whatever it is. Next month. Is. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, cool. Last part of the fuck budget before we get to talk about Ready Player One. Now, we mentioned this last week briefly. Jeff Goldblum has been out doing a couple uh, couple interviews. He's promoting Jurassic World. Jeff Goldblum's kind of in the uh, – he's in the verse right now. We're seeing him hey. everywhere. He's doing interviews. He's promoting Jurassic World. He's going to be in the new Jurassic World Evolution video game. Is that what it's called, Evolution? Yeah. Um, he keeps getting asked, will there be any other Jurassic Park cast members involved at any point in this movie or the next movie? He keeps hinting. He's being weird about it. He's being weird. He's he, not saying no. He's not saying no. Yeah. He keeps hinting that Laura Dern, she might pop up in Jurassic World, yeah. Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. When it comes to the possibility of our dear Ellie Sattler showing up on the big screen here in a couple weeks, Abigail Gardner, how many fucks do you give? All the fucks I have left, which is three fucks, so... Yeah, I mean, I don't have to explain. Like, we talk about Laura Dern all the time. We <laughs> ask where she is, anywhere that we go. Um, Even at Burger King. Yeah. So I, I hope that, that that this comes to fruition and into being because it would mean a lot to see her in, like, the third installment. Or I'd love to see her in Fallen Kingdom in some capacity, even though that's probably not going to happen, right? Like, we're... 
I mean, maybe. There, you know? I always hope and like hold out hope for that, but you know, um, she's awesome. Ellie Tyler was like my favorite character from the Jurassic Park franchise, and I would love to see her come back. That'd be really cool. So three fucks. Jacob Walsh. Yeah, um, I also gave it all my remaining fucks, which was also three um, for the same reasons. And it does seem like so. You know, there was that. Um, um, what was it? A couple was it a couple months ago that uh, fucking um, God, what's his name was like seen on set. Sam Neil. Sam Neil. Sam Neil. Uh, I can't believe it. I feel so bad. I forgot. Hey, his name. hold on. We're gonna pause this. Remember that time Jake didn't know Sam Neil's name? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I hope Doctor Alan. Guys, it's late. Doctor um, Alex yeah, Rundelson shows back up in the Jurassic field. Samantha Neil. Um, yeah, there was like rumors that he was seen on set, and who knows if that's like if he's actually going to be in the movie. It's seen like from everything we know of the movie so far, it seems like unlikely that Ellie or Grant would be in this. But Jeff Goldblum does say like like in that video that's going around, Jesus. he says like and some other people might show up in the next one. I, and he's like, I can't say any more than right, that. Right. And I'm hoping, like, I'm hoping that the next film is just, maybe they set it up in this one, who knows, but I hope the next film is just the three of them back together. Whoa, what if it's like Avengers? It's kind of. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the crossover. <laughs> All the characters, fucking Muldoon's back. <laughs> yeah. John Hammond's back. And they're all fighting Dennis Nedry. Yeah, they're fighting. Yeah, and it ends with Dennis, like a giant Dennis Nedry uh, T-Rex uh, hybrid. And uh, Laura Dern runs her Jeep Wrangler into it to save everybody. And it just goes silent. Oh, it'll be so good. It'll be amazing. Oh, yeah. man. She's a, by the way, Laura Dern's kind of becoming a polarizing character in the Star Wars universe. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Stuff is happening. Yeah, Stuff is happening over there. Uh, well, cool. Well, thank you guys for fuck budgeting. Uh, and thank you, Steven Spielberg, for existing and providing us with the uh, opportunity to uh, talk about him in this manner. Are you guys ready to talk about Ready Player One? All right. Ready Player One is out. It's in theaters. People are seeing it. People are really seeming to enjoy it. Have not read much negativity coming its way. It's about 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Obviously adapted from the book by Ernest Klein. Directed by Steven Spielberg. He's worked on this for three years. It was his passion project. I know my expectations were low. I was not impressed with the trailers. I was never that interested in reading the book. It just did not tickle my fancy. But we're going to get to all that here in a second. Jacob Walsh. Yo. What did you think of Ready Player? I I, I never know how to do this. Are we doing 1 to 10? Should we give it a score? Stars? Um, Do you guys like doing stars? No, I feel like every time you you ask to do the one to ten thing, yeah, I, I'm. I, it's hard. It's hard for me to do that. Okay, I can't give something. Or, I can say if I liked it. Jacob Walsh, did you like Ready yeah. Player One? I hated it. No, you did not. That's a joke. I liked it. I knew it. I <laughs> knew it. Oh, you really got it. You got me. I got you guys. You got no, me. um, I liked it. Um. Uh, yeah, let's go around and see what everybody thought, and then, okay. we'll, then we'll get into it. Okay, cool. Uh, Abigail. Abigail. I can't talk. What did you think of Ready Player One? Um, I'd give it, like, two little lollipop emojis and, like, a clown face. 
Um, I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was really entertaining, and I I didn't really like the trailer, and I didn't read the book, and I'm now reading that Will Wheaton did the audiobook, and I kind of wish he did. I, I kind of want to go get that now. But that's that's the way that's the way I I bought the book like planning to read it, but then yeah, ended up listening to the audiobook. audiobook. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't, after watching the movie, I don't necessarily know if I need to go back and read the book since, I mean, from what I've heard, a lot of things were updated and changed. Um, but yeah, like seeing the trailer, I didn't have any excitement or like investment in it other than it's a Steven Spielberg movie. There's good buzz about it. It's a, like I heard that it was supposed to be a return to form, whatever. Um, but yeah, the idea of like, uh, a book that's full of pop culture references and that's just like jam packed. Um, with borrowed characters and stuff like that. I was just like, I'm, I'm not really sure if I'm into that. Also, not a huge gamer, so there's no, like, interest in that. But I, I really enjoyed the movie, and I was surprised by it. And I was delighted by it, and I thought it was a super fun ride, and I enjoyed it. It's going to be the, the Yes Have Some Positivity cast. People, people listening to us are probably like, I hope they hate it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't hate it. Uh, I really liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked it much more than I thought I was going to. Uh, we'll get into all the details of, of why we all enjoyed what we enjoyed. Uh, I think my biggest takeaway was that the the visual component, like the animated component, was some of the best, uh, just some of the best visual effects and, and special effects that I've ever seen in a, in a movie. Because mm-hmm. uh, when you look at the DeLorean, you don't feel like you're looking at a computer-generated DeLorean. It just looks like a, the DeLorean. And right. everything looked that way. Um, I thought... My <clears> biggest... <throat> con- like I think going into it, I was kind of like, well, it's going to have all these characters. It's going to have a lot of Easter eggs. It's going to have a lot of fun pop culture references. I hope that that stuff's not too distracting. And I hope that the story can support all that cool stuff. And as far as like the storyline goes, I thought it was fine. Like, I thought it was like a fun concept. It's a virtual world that society is basically adapting as their own, and there's this Easter egg, and it's kind of your classic story of good versus evil. Obviously, Ben Mendelsohn's character, I really like Ben Mendelsohn a lot. Me too, he's he's, great. Yeah, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, shit. He's such a good bad guy. He's such a good bad guy. Exactly, He's such a good bad guy. He was great in this movie. Uh, He's great in Rogue One. And then, Jake, did you ever watch the show Bloodline? I have not seen that. He's kind of the main... One of the main people in that movie or that that show on Netflix, and mm-hmm. he's menacing as fuck. He's awesome. That's where where I first I didn't the, his first role actually the first time I ever saw him was in Dark Knight Rises, and he kind of yeah. sucks in that movie. Yeah, he's just kind of Bane's little whipping boy. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But so Ben Mendelsohn was great. I thought the cast was great. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, but due to copyright reasons, we can't talk about any of the fun stuff. So let's just talk about, like, the character development. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, let's get to the goods. I mean, so there's a lot going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of touches all aspects of 80s pop culture from the music, video games, movies, TV. I was – I felt like a kid in a candy store – and I didn't know I was going to feel that way because I never felt that way watching the trailers. Like watching the trailers, right. like, oh, cool. There's a DeLorean. Oh, cool. There's Freddy Krueger. What's this movie about? What, what, what am I going to take away from it? <laughs> uh, yeah. But then when you see like Jason and you yeah. see. Like uh, immediately. Immediately. Like, 
they're doing that stuff right away. Right off the bat. And you see the DeLorean and you see all the references. And like every time you see something that's familiar, you're just like, oh, I know this. I know that. I know this. Like, I I know this, uh, this joke. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say it right off the bat. My favorite thing in the movie was the T2 reference. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. that was great. That when was, the Iron Giant is going Sorry, down. My favorite thing in the movie is probably pretty obvious. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's this other thing we might like in the movie, too. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that's actually <laughs> my favorite thing in the movie. Well, let's just talk about it. That's what the people want. Let's talk about The Shining. <clears throat> let's talk okay. about it. Let's just get there. Let's do it. It's the right? best part of the I movie. Mean, let's, it's the best part. Of, is it the best part of the movie? Uh, yeah. I yeah. Think it's, it, it's, one of, it's one of my two favorite parts in the movie. Okay. It felt yeah. like the unrealized universal, like the shining ride that you wish was real. That yeah. I want to go take. It, it was, was awesome. <laughs> I was fucking getting choked up, which was distracting me because, like, it's just it's special and it's oh my god! Like that part of the movie, like, was I, I want to go back just to see it. Like the suspension, like uh, the ballroom scenes. Like, well, there were two dance sequences where they're like dancing over nothing, and like they're just they were spectacular and romantic and. I really, really enjoyed that part of the movie in particular. And what you were saying, Craig, about like seeing um, like pop culture references that could be like distracting. I feel like seeing some of that stuff, like it felt like when you're in Las Vegas and you see like fake New York or like fake Paris, like it's not, it's not the same thing. And thankfully I felt like it didn't detract from the movie. I felt like it was the movie utilized like those references really well in particular with that shining sequence. Cause that's like, that shit was was so well done, and it was I, that's what I want to go back and see really bad. Yeah, it was absolutely an incredible sequence. Uh, but Jake, Yo. man, you you've been our guy. You've been our Stephen King ambassador. You <laughs> you have brought the 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 works of the King. good word. You've brought the good word from the, <laughs> from the old country. Doing the King's word. Yeah, we kind of talked about it last week. We knew that there was going to be some sort of uh, shining sequence, so <laughs> it wasn't the most. As as it unfolded in the the film, the way it unfolds wasn't the most surprising thing in the world. But as it was happening, I felt myself getting very giddy. Jake, what did you think about this entire sequence? It was much more. It was uh, it was much more involved than I than I was thinking it was going to be from reading that article last week. And um, I mean, it was great. Like from the from the minute you see the videotape of The Shining, I was like, all right, we're doing it. Let's go into The Shining. And when they get there, it's crazy because like some of it is real footage from the shining right like like whenever so like uh the one character h is like hey i've never seen the shining because i, I don't like scary movies so he has so no funny. idea what's happening right. yeah. and he ends up he ends up like in the bathroom or he ends up in room 237 and the yeah. woman gets out of the tub and it's so weird because it's like You're that the is movie. the footage that right. is yeah. the footage it is the woman getting out of the tub yeah and it's all like it's all first of all it's all super well done it's funny it's it's probably the funniest sequence in the movie because he's like yeah and then he goes to like uh the elevator they're like don't open the elevator and like the blood starts coming out and shit and there's the picture with holiday in in you know where jack is and yeah it's just like it's just like reference after reference he's in the maze they spend a good i don't know 10 15 minutes of the movie in the fucking Overlook Hotel. Yeah. And it's it's one of the best parts. Like in in you know, Abby, you were talking about a few minutes ago the um about how you had read that the book is just like a lot of references and stuff like that, and you were, mm-hmm. you know, thinking maybe you wouldn't be into something like that. Yeah. Um the book the movie is better than the book. 
it is better than the book. The book is kind of full of itself, and sometimes it reads as if it's just Ernest Cline being like, look what I know. Look how much stuff I know. There is a scene in the book that has to be, I don't know, 10 pages, I don't know, of uh, IROC, who is a completely different character in the book, and uh, uh, Wade literally just having a reference off. It's just the two of them. It's the two of them in a chat room just referencing things to try to one-up the other person. And it goes on for – and the book is – that's what the book is like. Right. Yeah, that Um, sounds fucking grating. It's awful. Like, you know – I've heard people toss around the Big Bang Theory like as – Exactly. It's kind of dialogue. Yeah. It is like that. There there is some great stuff in the book. There's some stuff that's in the book that's not in the movie that I I, kind of wish would have made its way over. Um, but the challenges are all completely different, complete. There's no race in the book. The shining thing is not, and they don't go into a movie like that. They, mm-hmm. it, it, it's something movie related, but it's all completely different. Mm-hmm. But, um, it all kind of, a lot of the changes just work better. All they, they hit up most of the same beats, but all of that, like the references are done way better in the movie. I think. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting about the entire Shining sequence? A couple things stood out to me. A, uh, Steven Spielberg must have some serious reverence for Stanley Kubrick. He must really because the Shining, like out of all, out of everything you're seeing referenced in this movie, there's a lot of '80s horror, a lot of video games, a lot of uh, you know monsters. You know, we've got King Kong. We'll talk about. We've got the T Rex. We've got uh, just this this wide array of '80s pop culture. But The Shining kind of doesn't fit into that mold, that traditional mold of, of what the rest of the movie is like presenting yeah. to you. Yeah, um, that makes sense. And yeah. I feel like that's why that sequence, and like Abby pointed out, like once they go into the ballroom and the, the challenge kind of starts unfolding and he realizes it's, you know, never, the, what was it, the leap he never took or the kiss, yeah. never, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, it's really well done. And like, I, I could just imagine like, Spielberg coming up with that and 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 Ernest Klein just even though he kind of helped write the script or whatever I could just see just based on what I know about him and what anybody who's read the book has told me I could just see him kind of being like I mean yeah I guess that's kind of cool but <laughs> yeah I see he seems like that kind of yeah, guy that's right? not what I would do <laughs> I mean that's not what I wrote but it's, yeah, like it's I fine. guess it's okay it's Steven um, wants to change it so well let's backtrack a little bit so we're introduced to our main character Wade Watts uh, he's in the stacks. Uh, it's all. Va- I think the stacks are very cool. Like if we're we're saying the oasis is a cool place visually, but I think seeing like the trailer park like stacked on top of each other, like the future of Columbus, Ohio, and all that kind of stuff. Like and the lady who lives down on the ground with the flowers, and I I liked all the stuff that happens in like their real world. Yeah. The aesthetic, the way it was shot, was very reminiscent of to me of War of the Worlds, like kind of modern Spielberg, even though that movie's like 10, 15 years old. Uh, <laughs> but no, it was really well done. And it, it really, without a ton of exposition, kind of catches you up on, you know, where the world is and why people are so obsessed with being in the Oasis. Right. Uh, I thought it did a really good job of that. Once you start learning about the Easter egg and how everybody's after it and uh, you meet Wade and then you're kind of thrown into the race pretty early on. And you meet um, Artemis pretty early on. And you meet Artemis pretty early on in the first race. She's got the Akira bike. It's very cool. That's yeah. where we see the DeLorean. Uh, what did you... I think this race sequence 
is one of my favorite things I've seen on film in like 10 years. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I thought it was really well, only because King Kong, I think. It's like King Kong, it's right? Tr- it feels it's like King your own Kong. Role, yeah. Like, if you just put uh, King Kong, like that version of King Kong in any movie, I'm going to probably yeah. get into it. Uh, good. But I, I was really impressed because, again, when I saw the trailers, the, it, it felt very, I was just very much like, what is this? Like, what, why am I supposed to care mm-hmm. about this? Yeah. Like, the way the trailer, if for somebody who's never read the book, the trailers kind of made it feel like the whole movie was about this race. It's about the race. Just yeah. one yeah. part of the movie. Um, Jake, what do you think of the race sequence? So, like, I, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of like race sequences in movies. They, they, they bore me a little bit. But this You're one racist. had a T Rex. This one had a T Rex and a King Kong in it. Um, I, I do really like the first challenge in the book. It's completely different, but, um, it involves you know like watching somebody play a video game, and that's not a cinematic thing. Right. So. Doing something like a race, I think, works way better. And uh, it is very similar the way he kind of, you know, see, he, he already knows who Artemis is. Like, this is the first time he meets her, but he knows who she is. Right. The book is like that, too. They reference her, her massive famous. Twitch, her Twitch streams. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's like she's like a famous blogger or something in the book. Uh-huh. But one, one thing that was a huge difference is that uh, in the book, he does not meet artemis in real life face to face until like the last like the last chapter okay. that, that does not yeah it doesn't happen drag it, out. Yeah. it doesn't happen till the very end and also like the passage of time is way different like there are they they make a a, a pretty big point in the book to to be like you know people have been i, I think they mentioned in the movie too it's like years and years this has been going on before he finds that key and yeah. uh and even there's even a section later on, like, you know, at one point she gets kidnapped and they like they force her to work. There's one point where they all uh, basically stop being friends and he gets a job at Iowa. Like he gets a job there at oh, Iowa weird. and he works there for I, I don't remember the exact amount of time, but he works there for like a year and he <laughs> like he becomes like a piece of shit. They talk about how he's starting to get fat and he doesn't like. Nobody knows where he's he, – he just disappears. Nobody knows – because no one knows who he is still. They don't know where he is. And he basically like you know, has this turning point and he's like, no, I got to go back and find this fucking key. And he starts like doing like research from the inside. There's this whole other section. Okay. You know, and that was something that was a little odd to me is the passage of time seems like – it almost seems like you're watching this movie and it takes place in like a couple of days. A couple of days, yeah. right. Um. And it's just not like they're just they they take a very long time to figure out what all the the clues mean. And I mean, it, but it, but that's any movie from a book. You know, there's right, not a whole right. lot you can do about that. Yeah. I mean, you have to adapt it and make it work for, for a, you know, a two hour presentation. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so as far as the racing sequence goes, as far as the pop culture references go, we get the T-Rex. Yeah. Now that is a T Rex from Jurassic Park, right? It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But were you guys were you guys like waiting like after seeing the T Rex? I was like, all right, well, Steven Spielberg movie. Where's where's uh where's Jaws reference yeah. going to be? We're going to get Jaws reference. Well, yeah. I'm gonna I want to talk about that one second. But to me, the roar sounded off. Did was that not the roar from Jurassic Park? Because it just sounded off to me. I could be wrong. Maybe. 
I thought it sounded like the T-Rex from Jurassic Park, but also there there's so many other noises going on. Right. It's just a lot going Maybe on. Maybe it's a little sequence. hard to, yeah, so hard to tell. One of the stipulations is Spielberg was really adamant about not being self-referential to his own films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so early on, they were like, don't expect to see anything Spielberg related. Well, obviously, there's at least this, mm-hmm. but right. there wasn't any Jaws. I don't think there were any. I didn't notice any other. Um, uh, there, I have seen a couple of people say that there's a Gremlins reference. I saw that somebody said that, and then there's a lot of Back to the Future. Obviously, he didn't. There's a that. there's a I lot of Back to the Future. There's a lot. Lo- and uh, guys, if I could have a Zemeckis cube, uh-huh. <laughs> dude, I want the emotion suppression software that he uses, where he like stymies his feelings. I need yeah. that to function. Um, I love the idea of a Zemeckis cube. It just like reverts time back, whatever, 60 seconds. Yeah, that's Um, very cool. So the T-Rex was cool, but King Kong was great. Like that was so – now which version of Kong is that? Is that from the 1976 movie? I think that was kind of its own thing. It it looked sort of like the Peter Jackson King Kong but meaner. Um, I don't think it was meant to be any specific version. I think you're just like, this is King Kong. I think he's also bigger maybe there than King Kong actually was. Yeah, it's just like, this is King Kong. Mm -hmm. Also, I was pretty bummed we never saw the band Oasis. Because they were pretty popular. They might might be in there somewhere. You're my wonder wow. Okay, I'll stop that. (laughs) Um, no, but the tunes were pretty good in this movie. Yeah, the soundtrack was yeah. good, and the score, man, Alan Silvestri killed it because the score in parts is very reminiscent of the Back to the Future score. It is a lot mm-hmm. of time, and I mean, sometimes it is the score from Back to the Future, yeah. but even when it's not, it's still sound. It's got yeah. that pretty distinctive thing on it. Yeah, sound design was definitely on point this entire movie, and the score was. Uh, I definitely want to pick up that score and listen to it in my free time because, mm-hmm. as I said every, uh, earlier. I like scores. You guys remember when I said that? Scores. Yeah, I like um, the score. So, all right, well, cool. So we've got those two main sequences out of the way. Obviously, all the IOI stuff is uh, – it, it kept reminding me – like it kind of reminded me of RoboCop. Even Also, we saw RoboCop in this movie. But just the general – like, like it had a very 80s – like. Like it's got like a campiness, yeah. It's yeah, got like yeah. a yeah. Like, it's like a big scary corporation, too. but they're also kind of silly and dumb, right? And that's exactly like Gremlins too. Like in Gremlins too, like yeah, uh, yeah. Where you right, and it's like you, you're like these people can't possibly find this Easter egg because it's gonna be really <laughs> bad for the world if Ben Mendelsohn. It almost felt like Willy Wonka too, with like the behind the scenes, like a bunch of people just shouting and working on something crazy. Like I, it, it was silly, and like right. I love that lampooning, like the the man and like business, big business, and like and yeah. how he and doesn't really. When the one scene where Ben Mendelsohn was like, "What is this? Some sort of video game thing?" <laughs> yeah, yes. dude, he's got them in his ear, and he's like, he's like "I just want to pop a tab and watch whatever." I was oh, like, "Fuck this guy!" Yeah, oh, that. they're giving him all the references. Yes, right. Um, that was really funny. That was all really uh, good. There's some really smart stuff in there. Let's talk about these characters. What did you guys think of Wade, our main protagonist? Uh, uh, I mean, Parzival. What? Go ahead. Parzival. I love how Parzival. Ben Mendelsohn says Parz. Who is Parzival? Because he's got a little. <laughs> 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 it's good. Uh, it's good. 
It's good. I didn't find him to be the most memorable, like, actor or character or my favorite character from this whole thing, because mostly I liked other characters much more. Like, I liked H and Artemis, like, a lot. Um, but he was totally, like, fine. So, like, you- I won't <laughs> rave, but he was fine. He's fine. I, I- I agree with you. Do you know who the one person in this movie is that I was like, I would watch this character do anything? Who? It's Holiday. <laughs> he's so oh, weird. I like that, guy. like he's that awesome. dude is he's so weird and just the way he talks. I was just yeah. like, I just want to watch this guy yeah. like yeah. do whatever. He's funny and he's just weird right and it's he's very he might be a deity like at that one point in the movie, you're like is he god yeah it's a very him? yeah yeah at yeah. the very end when he's like what are you and he just kind of laughs like, at him and walks away i was like wait, wait what is happening I, I also yeah. very much a willy wonka vibe like he's created this saying, world yeah. actually wait a minute the whole end is willy wonka where he doesn't sign. Contest, he doesn't sign the contract. Yeah, and he's like, "I was hoping you would do the right thing." Oh my god! Yeah. So there. Yeah. There's a discovery. Mm-hmm. That's um, a that's a reference, you know, like hiding. Yeah, you know, that's, that's a hidden reference. Another Easter egg. Wait a minute. Did we just? We just won the game. <laughs> we just. We own the Oasis <laughs> now. I'm not going to hey, sign the contract. Hey. Since we win the game, does that mean we get um, the rights to have Ghostbuster references in a movie about uh, how amazing '80s references are? I hope so because that can we hurts. talk about? Can we do it? Can what we get this out of the we'll, way? We'll, we'll, we'll well, Jake, why don't you tell us what was in the book? Because a, I want to know. We'll come back to the characters in a second because this is well, this is this is a uh, pressing matter here. Right. Well, in the book, like so, uh, you know, he he has the race and he has the DeLorean. For, first of all, in the book, he. They they make a very big point to talk about how poor he is in the book. Right. And uh, those characters, they have to have money. It's just like it is now, like when you're playing games. You have to have money to do things. Right. And uh, there are different worlds. He goes to school in the Oasis. They talk about that. And in the book, he's so poor, he can only be on that planet. He's like, I don't have enough money to go to a planet where there's anything else happening. Right. And – um. He has to like he has to do these like lame quests over and over and over in order to like gain enough money to be able to go where they're even doing the challenge. You know what I mean? So so he doesn't get that car until he's rich, until he's already got, you know, the first he he becomes like super famous and taking like, you know, uh, um, product placement and shit like that. Okay. After he finds the first key, and he he's like, I'm fucking buying a DeLorean, and he buys a DeLorean, <laughs> right. and he puts Kit, uh, from Knight Rider on the front, and he puts the fucking Ghostbuster logos on the door because right. he's like, these are three things that I love. Right. Yeah. And and I mean, Ghostbusters is referenced numerous other times. Like I don't know specifically, but they just like it's a reference over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would think. You know, a movie that's like literally the point is like how great and how everybody in this world is obsessed. Like that's another thing they don't mention too much. Like this is this this movie takes place in 2045 or something like that. Right. The reason that everybody is obsessed with the 80s is because Halliday was obsessed with the 80s 80s and he created and he runs everything. So it's like everybody's obsessed with it. Yeah. And um, you would think that a movie – where they're talking about 80s references and shit, like Ghostbusters is like, it should be, it's the yeah. top, 
It's like the top thing. Specifically because it's like sci-fi and horror movies and an action adventure. Yes, it was one of the big, with. yeah, it's like one of the biggest comedies of, you know, all time. And it's yeah. a big 80s thing. And, and it's completely left out of the movie. And I don't know what the reasoning is here. I don't know if Sony was like, no, why would they do that? So why was- <laughs> Well, yeah. do you have do you have inside information? Especially because after I don't... watching Stranger Things, I'm like, what the fuck? Exactly. Oh, I saw how I... well it was done there. Like, I that's annoying. so I've I'm been snubbed. So, a, I don't have any information. I haven't heard anything one way or the other. Let's um, call him. We called people last week. Call Eric right now. Just get oh, him on the phone. That would be so like <laughs> that would be <laughs> us using our like, like guys. This is our one phone call directly to Ghost Core. Are we gonna really blow <laughs> it? Your one favor. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. What was that from? That's the, from Love. Oh, yeah, from this Love. If anybody wants favorite. to watch a good show, watch Love. Yeah, Jake, you watching that new season? I we'll, do. It's a good show, yeah. yeah I we'll like come, it. We'll come back to that. All right, cool. <clears throat> so, obviously, just having the Ghostbusters logo on the side of the DeLorean would be a really cool... Mashup. God, this is a giant mashup. It's a giant mashup. It um, the, I, I thought of it two ways. Either the producers of this movie and Spielberg and Amblin and all that decided for whatever reason they didn't want that or any Ghostbusters references. Maybe because they didn't want to be associated with <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, like because maybe go- the Ghostbusters. No. Or say that. Sony was approached and they didn't, they just didn't allow it. Okay. That is, mi- both of those are mind boggling to me. You can't, like, I. I refuse to believe that Steven Spielberg does not like Ghostbusters, you know, or or like doesn't like it to the point where he's like, no, I'm not putting, you know, the biggest 80s reference in my movie. I'll put it this way. What's they're both mind boggling. What's more likely? A Steven Spielberg didn't want Ghostbusters to be referenced in Ready Player One or B Sony for whatever fucking reason decided to not allow it. Okay, that's what I'm wondering. Like, part of it doesn't surprise me because we know, like, sometimes Sony has done some weird things with Ghostbusters. But, like, why not, (laughs) A, get, like, basically free kind of advertising, which, you know, Ghostbusters doesn't need advertising. But um, why why not – to me, it's, it's like, Steven Spielberg. Yeah. It's the biggest fucking director on the planet. Yeah, and he's making a movie where the main character, like, why would you not just be like, yeah, you can put a logo on a car. Like, I mm-hmm. don't get why Dude, there's, there's any so, thought behind it. From from people I've talked to, the, the main consensus is that this is not a Ghost Core thing. This is a Sony thing. Sony right. controls, you know, Ghost Core, uh, owns the rights to the storytelling and the merchandising and things like that. But the actual, like the logo and the usage of the property, yeah. uh-huh. Sony officials and higher ups make those decisions. And like any studio, there's probably a lot of stupid decision. Red makers. tape and bullshit. Yeah. There's probably a lot of bullshit. Right. Uh, now, it's, but yeah, it is. It's like free advertising, like honest to God. Now I'm going to get fucking mad. It's asinine that there's no ghostbusters in there. It's, Heartbreaking because it's like a really cool party. Steve could have been in there. Jesus. How? Oh, I just wanted to see Slimer like yeah. flying around at some point. Like there's literally like you watch 
those scenes where they're in the oasis and everybody's walking around right. and there's it's ev- there's everybody there's like everybody. ninja turtles there's goro ninja fucking aliens there's yeah everybody why is there studios. no ghostbusters it's, it's amblin it's it's universal 20th century fox there's all these different studios came together and allowed these properties there's lucasfilm stuff um, they reference Star Wars. They don't show a lot of Star Wars stuff, but they reference the Millennium Falcon. And apparently, at some point, you can hear. Sony's like, "No, we don't want you to celebrate our franchise. Don't celebrate it in like the best way possible." Yeah. It just oh, makes yeah. it weird. It makes it weird. I was thinking about it. There's not. I don't know if there's any Sony properties. There's no Men in Black stuff, which is more '90s. But there's. there's it's not exclusively '80s. Like Halo and things like that are in there. Right, um, but it, uh-huh. it's kind of a travesty. It's kind of embarrassing because, like, it's like a really cool party where Marty McFly showed up, and the entire cast of Street Fighter was there, and Freddie and Jason, and I'm not gonna, yeah, you know the other one that yeah. we're, gonna, we're about to talk we're to. We're about to talk about that other one. <laughs> um, yeah, we are. C H U C. Yes, I know what you're saying. Um, and then and the Ghostbusters didn't get invited, and uh, the Ghostbusters hanging out. They're forms on the couch at home like waiting for their date to come show up and it's embarrassing and it's sad now a couple yeah. a couple bums me out a couple uh a couple thoughts here the ending battle sequence where we get mechagodzilla and gundam mm-hmm. and iron giants involved how cool abby mentioned it how cool would it have been if stay puff showed a little up? puffed yeah yeah i mean how cool would that have been that'd be pretty yeah. cool how cool would it have been if slimer was driving the delorean <laughs> or how cool would it have been if if as they were all fighting you saw the four ghostbusters and lady slimer or like vigo or just right. anything or the four ghostbusters with their proton streams on mecha godzilla yeah. like god how about this yeah. what if instead of the shining sequence they went into ghostbusters like yeah i mean i don't think i would prefer that more than the shining sequence but like i'm just saying lots of opportunity missed here right uh maybe we'll like, get an answer at some point so yeah, let's I don't reach know. Out. we're gonna we're gonna find out. Yeah, we're reaching um, out. Yeah. So I want answers. Yeah. We want them now. How about we talk? Okay, I know my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> talk about it. Let's do it. Um. So we're in the ending battle <laughs> sequence. Uh, shit is hitting the fan. The third quest is going on. This movie. There's so much people going on. People are in vehicles. People are in vehicles. There's thousands of people battling. Uh. Our main character, Wade, is called out for the battle cry. The fight against evil is happening. And we get Chucky. Chucky shows yep. up. I'm trying to remember. As, as a weapon. Yeah. I'm as to, a weapon, yeah. I'm yeah. trying to remember the exact way that Chucky shows up. He he just, H, I th- I'm pretty sure it's H, just like looks over at Wade. And he's like, hey, use this guy. And yeah. throws Chucky at him. Yeah. And then he just throws Chucky at like a bunch of, you know, yeah. Of the bad guys. Right. And he just starts stabbing them. I'm guessing that's <laughs> yeah. not the book. No, no, there's no, I don't, I don't remember Chucky in the book. And unlike a certain answer the call, this PG 13 movie got one F bomb. They fucked, Steven Spielberg put a fuck in there. Yeah, yeah they said it's fucking Chucky. It's it fucking made me, Chucky. that made me very happy that there was so, a fuck was in this movie. I mean, that was the real gift. Matt Provencal. Good friend of the podcast on Yes Have Some Group Therapy mm-hmm. was talking about the sequence and he was saying that this is like he thinks Steven Spielberg was bugging our, our phones because yeah. it's, it feels like we wrote this scene. Yeah. And what I, I said is was Facebook data. we 
Yeah, this is the Facebook breach. You, it's as, it's as if like it's as if like if this movie was made and they were like, okay, um, you know, fifteen hundred groups got to write a scene and they put it in this movie. Guess which one? Yes, have some wrote. It would be this scene. Right, yeah, it would be this one. <laughs> but it would be. It's like we podcasted it into existence. Yeah. 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 Just like the the Jaws screening yeah, that's coming it's up. It's something we're it's like, doing now. It's just something we're hey, doing. Hey, wait. You know what? Maybe we maybe we podcasted this entire movie into existence because it's like Godzilla, Back yeah. to the Future, mm-hmm. uh, the Shining, Shining, hey, and our resentment for the Ghostbusters Jurassic made them not Park. appear in this fucking movie. Dude, yeah, we're all in the Oasis. Not to mention King Kong. A whole lot of. I Capcom must be heavily involved because there's just so many Street Fighter characters. They're in there over and over. Yeah. Um, And Mortal Kombat, too. I did like that the Michael Bay Ninja Turtles showed up. (laughs) I was was a little... I thought it was, was I thought it was... They show up more than once, and I thought it was weird, the Michael Bay Turtles, but I wonder if that was just a thing where... um, if that was just the, the rights they had, this is what or you're if, if that was just the rights that they could get, or if it was like you can use the Ninja Turtles, but like, hey, since these are the newer ones, like we want Dude. you to use these. I don't know. I didn't care. I, I, it's uh, fine. Uh, I hope there's a pizza parlor in the Oasis where all iterations of Ninja Turtles hang out, like at all <laughs> times like, together. Wait, that's what I just imagined. <laughs> what if Sony was like, hey, yeah, you can use Ghostbusters, but it has to be answer the call. <laughs> You all just got Holtzman. Uh, it's like, oh god, look, it's Rowan the Destructor. There's the answer to our question. Right Who's there. that? Who's that? Um, <laughs> so let's talk. Mecha Godzilla turns into Kevin. <laughs> I want to talk. Well, let's talk about that real quick. Okay. I feel like we're going to be talking about this movie for a while. Uh, Jake, you had mentioned last week that the final battle in the book. Was Mechagodzilla versus Ultraman? Ultraman, yeah. yeah. And w- what's weird is like they they set it up earlier in the book that he he wins this artifact that can only they they talk, they mention it kind of quickly in the movie. You you can be that robot for like two minutes, and um you know they use it towards the end. Ultraman, uh, uh, Sorrento owns the Mechagodzilla, and they and they have a battle. And I had read. In multiple places online, that this wasn't happening in the movie. I was like, I follow a few different, you know, Godzilla things, and and, and I don't know if maybe it, maybe some test screenings they didn't have it in there or something like that. But I've read multiple accounts where they were like, hey, it's confirmed, like Mecha Godzilla is not in this movie. And then I saw one person who saw it early, and they were like, there is a like a quick Mecha Godzilla cameo, but that's it. So I thought like. Whenever he, whenever Sorrento pulls up the like digital robots, there's like you know rows of them, right? And you see the Mecha Godzilla, and I'm like, oh cool, I guess that's the Mecha Godzilla cameo. But then he click, and I thought he was just gonna like click on a different robot, yeah. But then he clicks on it and turns into Mecha Godzilla, and I was, and it, and even I know you guys m- maybe not have realized this, but the music that was playing, yeah. That was a that's a god that's from the original Godzilla. Okay. It, uh, it was like redone, you know, to fit the style of that score. But okay. I was like, this is Godzilla. So music. at this point, when this is unfolding in the movie, Jake, what do you? What is your reaction? Are you standing up? Are you shouting? I was jerking off a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was so here. Here. Here's my honest reaction. My 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 first reaction was, 
holy shit, Mecha Godzilla is in this movie. Is it's my it's one of the coolest parts in the book. And I was super excited. But then my second response was, that's not Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> it was like it was like a made up version of Mecha Godzilla. Like there have been, um, I think four, four or five different versions of Mecha Godzilla among the thirty Godzilla movies that have been released. Okay. And in the book, it's a specific one. It's like specific to one of the movies. This Mecha Godzilla that was in this movie, it was made up. It was a metal version of Godzilla, but that it doesn't. That's not what Mecha Godzilla looks like. Okay. So um, it's like a different design, basically. It's a completely different design. And, you know, at first it's like, oh, well, that's kind of dumb. But how can I be – how can I sit here and complain that Mechagodzilla is in this movie? Um, I'm pretty sure that was a, a rights thing because Toho, who owns, you know, Godzilla and all of those, they have always been, like, pretty particular and weird about, you know, rights to their monsters – especially after the 1998 Godzilla because mm-hmm. um, that that didn't work out. And um, they also – I know that they have – and I don't know if it, if this includes all monsters or whatever. There, there's a bunch of them, but they have a contract with Legendary Pictures because, you know, they're also making Godzilla movies. And it's a weird – there's like weird stipulations in it. So I wonder if the reason it's a completely different design is – was a rights thing. Yeah. I mean, it's very possible. Or if yeah. they just were like, Hey, who cares? Make it a, a metal Godzilla. We don't care. I, yeah. I don't know. Either way. It was amazing. Yeah. I don't know anything about Gundam. No, I don't either. I don't, I don't either. I don't, I don't know I anything about Gundam either. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It's fine. Like in the, in the book, it's, um, it's Ultraman, but I think, I think maybe they they changed that because um, even though I don't know anything about Gundam, I think Gundam is probably a little more popular over here than Ultraman is. When I was trying to think of like what could they do instead of Ultraman, I kept coming up with maybe it's going to be like the main Megazord from Power Rangers. Yeah, that would that that would have been very cool. Um, That would have been cool. And for the love of God, Amy Jo Johnson and those folks need some work. (laughs) <laughs> like they're in the oasis playing as themselves as Power Rangers. <laughs> I like that. Um, Everyone's in the oasis. So we've kind of been all over the place, mm-hmm. covering yeah. a lot of ground. Everywhere. I want to talk about. Let's kind of rapid fire these characters real quick, and then we'll, we'll start wrapping up, and we'll continue the conversation. Uh, uh, I, I want to see it again. I want to see it in 3D because I feel like this film lends itself to a, a 3D viewing. Um, and also, not not to complain, the theater we saw it in, the sound seemed a little low for yeah. some reason. Yeah, uh, I want to make sure I see it with a really good uh, good sound system. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so we talked about Wade Watts, Abby. I know you had a little bit of an affinity for Samantha Cook slash Artemis. Yeah, I liked her a lot. What'd you think of her? I, I, I can't obviously, Jake. I'm sure she was different in the book, but as far as her character in the movie, what, what were your thoughts? I, I liked her. I mean, she is pretty similar. To that, she's that kind of character in the book as well. I mean, you you do, like I said, you don't see her, you know, in real life until the end. But as everything else was pretty, it was pretty spot on. I think, and and uh, she's, I think she's a uh, a more compelling and more fun character to follow than Wade is. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. 
I liked her a lot. I was thinking how I wanted to do her little silver costume for Dragon Con, and I was thinking we're probably going to see a lot of her like Joy Division shirt with like oh, the yeah. jean shorts. We'll yeah. probably see that yeah. like, casual yeah. at but Dragon Con this year. So. I like it. She was kind of like leading the resistance. She got to always have one of those characters. She was yeah. the badass. Yeah. Um, what was weird though to me is like her whole thing about you wouldn't like what you saw. Like I'm hideous, and then you see her. And you're yeah, like, I'm like, dude, you are so hot. You need to stop. <laughs> She's like, oh, but this birthmark is oh, hideous. Oh, this really unique birthmark. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, that's kind of like eye roll, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it was fun. Those are things that you can do better in a book to make you relate to a character. Because yeah, yeah, Hollywood's like All right, also make them attractive. Yeah, I was about to say also. It's a movie. Everybody's attractive in the movie. Like yeah. in the in the book, none of them are like you know. Yeah. Wade is like a fat kid. Yeah. You know, they, they the just book, he just they, they describe like him being pretty ugly. Video and... gamers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like it's a movie. Of course, everybody gets like an upgrade. A little upgrade. It's yeah, fun. I like how though, like in this in the Oasis, like when you play, you're actually like active. You're like on like a track. It's not just like I don't know. You're moving around. So uh, yeah, you get a little work. It's like we. Yeah, um, sure I did like when I, he when he got all the coins and he was able to upgrade his suit in like the real world. That was very yeah. cool. Yes. I like that. Um, T.J. Miller, I Rock. I was a little bit surprised to see him. He was funny. Like he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. T.J. Miller is kind of not in a great place in his career right now with all of the like I don't know harassment stuff and just, uh, just some weird stuff. Okay. Uh, I was right. surprised to hear his voice. Uh, but that guy's always funny. Yeah. Like. He's that was that character was really weird to me because um, I saw him on the poster and I was like, who is that? I couldn't figure out what character that was supposed to be from when I read the book. Right. That character in the book is just like he's just like an annoying guy that they know. He's he he is. I'm pretty sure he is the guy who finds out who Wade is and I and he rats on him. But he's not like this like mercenary hired gun. He's just like an annoying dude that they're like, Oh, here comes I rock again. You know? So I was like, Oh, this is a weird, a weird way to go with this guy. Comic relief. Yeah. yeah. God, I wish the mask was in this movie. Like Jim Carrey's the mask. <laughs> yeah. That would be so good. Uh, because when, when, um, Ben Mendelsohn's character, uh, when, when Nolan Sorrento is in the Oasis, he kind of looks like the bad he guy. Does. From the mask. Like, does so yeah anyways uh, yeah. i just really thought of that um <laughs> so simon Pegg uh is also in this movie he's ogden morrow and he's holiday's partner they obviously have the mm-hmm. falling out uh and then the reveal comes later in the movie that he's the curator uh yeah. i thought that was all really well done like just simon Pegg's another actor who's like he's cool yeah he's always yeah. good uh yep. so so uh I really like. I didn't know. Is that in the book as well? The curator thing. Do you find? That no, out? there's no curator at all. Like that whole. It it it's something similar, but uh, they just changed it for like visual format. Um, he is helping them, but it's in kind of a. It's in a little different of a way, uh, and they they know he's helping before the very end. You know, he kind of right. comes. He kind of comes out and. Um, he it, basically at one point he contacts them all. And he's like, "Hey, I'm flying you guys all out to this my fancy like underground hideout, and we're gonna fucking beat these guys." So right. it's a little di- it's a little different, but he is like helping without them knowing for for a good bit of time. I love the idea that Holiday's like entire mind is archived, and I was thinking like, what if somebody could go into my mind archive? Like how less interesting it would be, like. <laughs> 
go, seeing my moments. How many hours of just you like playing with the cats or yeah. something? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They're like, I'm looking for a clue. Oh, he's giving the cats treats again. This it's me. This means something. It's just this eight hours of us dressed up like Jurassic Park characters filming stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just be like squatting to take the perfect photo. Yeah. yeah. This is the time Abby took a selfie. 500 times. Um, Let's relive it. I thought that was really cool. I, 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 I want to see it again because I really want to – what Abby mentioned earlier, the ending with Halliday and the signing of the contract and you're like, oh, you're not an avatar, are you? Like I want to – yeah, I want to look more into that because it's very. I like that kind of stuff. Right, it wasn't so clear cut. They didn't bash you over the head with the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then maybe my favorite character in the movie uh, was H. Was that yeah H H Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We find out played by. I knew the voice was familiar the entire time, mm-hmm. and I couldn't pin it. And then it's Lena Waithe uh, from uh, Master of None. Master of None. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh-oh. Yeah, she's yeah, great. Like she plays lot. like Aziz Ansari's friend in that show. Uh, okay, but yeah, she like and that character was so funny. Like how like, um, you know, he's building the Iron Giant, and like they bring the Akira bike. He's like, mm-hmm. I can fix this in ten minutes. But they're like all giving each other shit. It was just yeah. good. Yeah. Just good. Yeah. Just good fun. Yeah, I was having fun. I enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, like and overall, I I. I when I came out of the movie last night, I was like, I think it's like maybe a seven or eight out of 10, but maybe mm-hmm. that was because my expectations were so low, mm-hmm. but I right. definitely, I definitely really liked it a lot. Yeah. Even though there's no Ghostbusters, I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. It's, uh, it, it's one of those things where you, you see a lot of people saying like, Oh, this is definitely a Steven Spielberg movie. I don't, I don't 100% like – I feel like if I didn't know this was Steven Spielberg, I wouldn't come out of it and be like, that Steven Spielberg made that. No, it's not – it's not no. It's not like distinctively Steven Spielberg. It's just that there's a lot of references in it. But that's not a bad thing. I, I still think the movie's really good. I enjoyed the movie over the book. That's not always like – that doesn't happen a whole, a, a whole lot. But um, I loved it. I, I'll go watch it again, man. Like uh, – like I said, I think most of the changes were for the better. One thing I want to talk about real quick is the third challenge. So you find out in the movie that the third challenge is that there's a hidden, uh, there's a, there's a hidden room in, or it's an Atari game, right? So they have to play the yeah. Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Yeah. Is that an Atari Twenty Six Hundred? They're know. playing Adventure, right? Uh, yeah. My entire takeaway from that is Atari was awful. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, this is a game. Yeah, like, I'm like you're like what? looking at the screen. You're like, what the fuck is that? Like, right. you know, like the whole thing about how like ET for Atari is known as the worst game of all time. Yeah, and yeah. you see it, and you're like, oh god, that... no, Adventure's the worst game. Yeah, yeah, like, like how does this look? Any, it's just you're like, a square just going through a black worst. maze. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, I mean, I know Atari's before all of our times. Like, we all were right. kind of bored right. in the middle of the NES era. Yeah, uh, yeah. but. It did not make me want to play Atari at all. Yeah. And like I saw online today people were like, is the is that Easter egg an adventure? Is that real? And I'm like, who you want to go play that? Yeah. Go, like that, that's you want to do that? It yeah. probably is real, but whatever. Yeah, like after this movie, I was like, I want to go buy a VR headset. Yeah, I, like, I I saw this too. movie and I was like, I, I saw this movie and I was like, man, I'm gonna go buy a, a an Atari and then fucking burn it. Yeah. <laughs> And make sure that nobody has the chance to play any of those terrible games again. <laughs> oh. uh, Did you 
guys get really jealous of Halliday's childhood bedroom? Yeah. yeah, it was nice. Mm-hmm. I liked it. He had, some, he had some prints up. Very cool. He did have some prints. Did you, Craig, did you notice at one point when they were just kind of hanging out, um, I guess they were in like a chat room or something, there was a poster for um, uh, Mayor, like re-elect yes, Mayor Goldie. Um, uh, oh, Goldie Wilson? Yeah. 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 There's so <laughs> much Back to the Future in this movie, I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, more than I was expecting, so I, uh, I I guess I can leave it at that. I really enjoyed it. I want to continue the conversation next week. I want to see it again, and maybe we can come back to it and figure out if there's anything more uh, that we 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 get. I'm out of sure it. So, there yeah. is. I'm, sh- I'm I'm sure we would go back and watch it. And now that we've already seen it once, we can kind of know where our yeah. eyes should be at right. certain times and yeah. So we'll catch this, more background. Yeah, now that through. we know the gist of the main story and how that unravels, we'll, I think I'll be able to pay better attention. We'll call this the uh, the ready pl- the yes have some ready player one initial reactions. Yeah, viewing right. one. Yeah. yeah, view ready viewing one. Um, I'm excited to go back. And we'll see go back and see it. And we'll we'll keep it going. And then uh, obviously, if you want to chime in, our listeners uh, with any questions, comments, concerns, Easter eggs, you saw Easter eggs, things down. that you saw that we didn't about uh, Ready Player One, check us out on Facebook. Go to facebook.com/slash Yes Have Some Cast and search for Yes Have Some Group Therapy. That's what we got a discussion thread going right now for Ready Player One. Uh, and listen, today's Thursday. The movie just came out yesterday, so people are just now seeing it. So give it yeah. the weekend. Get your thoughts up there, and I know we're all going to see it again. And uh, I just want to see that shining sequence again. It was did, v- very well did, done. Yeah. Did you guys have uh, Did you guys have Ready Player Fun? Uh, yes. Yeah. I would say yes. Exactly. I guess this. I guess this episode's like Ready Player Done. Oh, oh you got any more of those? Uh, no. And if you're going to go to school, don't bring a Ready Player gun. Oh. <laughs> and if. Okay. Hamburger use a ready player bun. Oh. Oh, man. Wow, we slayed. Oh, my God. What? That was good. Uh, Is there any more? I'm sure there are. We're going to all think of... I'm going to weigh a ready player ton. We're going to, as soon as we end this episode, all three of us are going to think of really good ones. I'm glad you said ready, because I thought you were going to say, I was like, is there any more? I'm sure there's a ready player ton. But, but you know what? Like, I'm kind of sick and tired of this ready player pun. Oh, George is out. You should have been That was really good. Man, oh man. Dude, Jake's bringing, uh, Bringing the the gospel, he should be a ready player nun. It's the rise of the ready player son. All right, are we done? No. <laughs> Do people like this? Are we having a reference so. off now? <laughs> I think we really are. It's good. Head to Facebook.com. Ten pages. Find group therapy. Yes, have some comment on your thoughts for Ready Player One, and also check us out on social media at YHS Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And you can always find us and download the podcast on any of your podcast apps, including iTunes, Downcast app, Android, RSS feed. I'm, uh, guys, find us in the Oasis. I want to admit something. What? You know how every week I say Android RSS feed? What is that? Yes. That's not a real thing. He's making shit up. If you have an Android, use whatever app you use for that. You can find us on Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. But that's all I have for this week. Okay. Anything else, right. folks? No. Go see Ready Player One. It's fun. There you go. For Abigail Gardner and Jacob Walsh, my name is Craig Goldberg saying, go see Ready Player One. 
But don't yep. expect to see any Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. And uh, don't ask who you're gonna call because there will be no answer. We will see you next time. I was trying to come up with another one. <laughs> yes, I think we did it. We're spent. Uh, just thinking of all. Just thinking. <laughs> like, right what are all the rocks? We did that one. We did that. Yeah. Are we just yeah. redoing? We're done. Yeah, we did done. There's, I guess when it comes, I guess when I it guess comes to those puns, looking for more, there's Ready Player None. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Did we already do that one? Yeah. All right, we're leaving. No, Bye. Leaving. Good night.